What's going on, everybody? Blaine and Mickey, it is the Tuesday edition. The hitman off this week, Alex Apple, sitting in once again for Blaine Bishop. Uh, Double A and Mickey Ryan and Lucas Panzeca are going to get you through the next couple of hours. Lots to get to. Mike Vrabel is going to speak in just a few minutes. I think Lucas has kind of got his radar up. We'll see what Mike Vrabel has to say. Normally, Tuesday is the day off. But apparently, the guy said, hey, could we just have turkey on Thursday and have Thursday off and then Tuesday just be a regular day? So I guess that's what they're going to do. So they're going to have turkey just like the rest of us. Maybe it'll be healing turkey. I hope that it's the most <laughs> magical turkey. If any of you know how to make a magic turkey yep. that heals hamstrings oh my and gosh. ankles, then send it right on down to uh, St. Thomas Sports Park. Uh, some of the Titans not any healthier than the turkey that you're going to be cooking in your oven, unfortunately. Oh, but I-, I always thought it was interesting. I always like listening to Tuesday press conferences. I heard Gary Patterson say at TCU one time, he goes, I start – Maybe it's a day later for Mike Vrabel. Maybe it's Wednesday. He goes, I start watching film on Sunday, watch a little bit on, on Monday, and then by Tuesday I'm convinced we have no chance to win. You know, And then i got to figure it out from there, whether we have any chance to win. But, you know, they do start to figure it out, and he knows more, um, you know, about his, well, who he's going to have, hopefully, as the dust starts, stops to set, starts to settle, as he would say. Now, we won't get any injury word until tomorrow, usually like right at the end of you and Blaine's show. I'm always listening, and then you kind of get the injury report right after that, which I'm sh- you're rolling your eyes at, I'm sure you love. Um, yeah, that but, drops like 2.58 yeah, every day. I, I just was – somebody just stopped me in the Hattie B's line and was asking about, you know, what the Titans have to do to win on Sunday, and I, I, <laughs> I wish I had a magic answer for them. Play better. And it's really got to start with the defense, I guess. You know what's nutty is they got to run the football. They got to run they the do. football well, and they're going to have to run it a lot. That's just how they can win. They're going to have to run it, run it a lot. Well, and I just was really struck yesterday after I was kind of dogging the line a little bit, and then somebody commented and said, hey, they rushed for 103 yards on 25 carries. I mean, that's four yards a carry. Okay. I mean, that doesn't. that's not a horrible stat line, but it just felt like they had no ability to run it when they really needed to on Sunday. Maybe it was just a couple of one-yard stops. Yeah. I don't know. I I left that that game live with the impression that they were really struggling to do what is the very foundational element of their offense. Well, they had at one point on a poorly spotted ball, I, I, I thought. They had literally second and less than one. And they couldn't get it, and they lost a yard with Peterson, and then and then, then they threw a one yard pass, a one yard pass. It's hard to do, and it got one yard, and then Peterson, I guess, got stuffed again. That was the three plays. You know, they gave the ball away on downs twice in that game. They had another one as we talked about yesterday, where Tannehill, with what nine seconds left. If there had been 11, they could have at least kicked a field goal. There was yeah. like nine left, so they get the t- – somebody, somebody actually tweeted me and said, why did they call that a 10-second runoff with only nine seconds? I said, because it's, it's 10, whether there's one second left or 10, if that's what it's called. So the guy was like, oh, oh, thanks so much. Now I get it. But they just poo-pooed away so many opportunities, even for just three points. Over the course of that game, three points would have mattered a whole lot if you stack a few of those on top of each other. Yep. And I know Bullock missed an extra point. I get it. And who knows what the field goal kicking would have been like in that mess. But there were just so many times where drives stalled and they wound up getting nothing, not even three. And, you know, there's always this argument about when do you start chasing points in a game and when do you when do you settle, you know, field goals won't beat this team or that team. Well, field goals would have beaten the Texans. Field goals would have beaten uh, the them. defense played well. They they played they played well enough. So field goals would have beaten them. Now you go play Kansas City in January. 
three you might as well leave Randy Bullock on the bus. That does you no good. Yeah. yeah, unless he can kick extra points and, you know, kick yeah. it in the end zone on kickoffs. You know what's an, just an interesting change, though, for them is they have been using the run to set up the pass the whole time that they've had Derrick Henry. Now they're having to use the pass to set up the run. It's just a, a different mindset, and maybe that is the difference. They're not. I don't think they're using the pass to set up the run right now. I don't think they're good enough throwing the ball. But, I mean, ideally, with this crop of running backs, maybe that's how you parse that. You use the pass a little bit more on first down to set up the run, and maybe you start to get um, some some linebackers on their heels instead of on their toes coming downhill, and you've got a chance uh, to get a crease for Peterson or Deontay Foreman, whatever it might be. But that is a total mindset change. I don't know if a team is capable of that in the middle of the season, or you just ride this out see how it goes. We had David Beauclair on yesterday. He's covered this team since there's been a team here, and you know we were talking about asking how do you think the running back carries get divvied up. And he kind of talked his way through each one of the players. And, you know, he his answer surprised me. He said about Foreman, well, this has never really been a 20-25 carry guy in the NFL. He's he's never been that. So maybe he's not going to be that guy now because he's never been that guy. And that, that makes sense. If you've never been something at this level, it might be hard to become that. And he talked about, um, about Dontrell Hilliard. And he said he really kind of made people forget the absence of Jeremy McNichols a little bit. But he's not the biggest guy I look today. He's listed at 5'11", 202, which is kind of like the – if you said build an NFL running back, that's about the size that a lot of people would Nowadays build. Nowadays it is. Literally like 5'11", yeah. 202. But I don't know if he's a guy I – mean, he had eight catches and seven carries. He had 15 touches. When was the last time a Titans running back had eight catches? I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know if we can go that far back and figure that out. But he had eight catches. I think there's a role for this guy going forward, and we'll give game balls later on the show. And – he may get a couple from me. I mean, he played special teams, too. Well, and Greg Cosell would talk a lot to us about, if we had him on right now, about getting big plays in the offense. It's just incredibly difficult in the NFL to sustain 12-play drives consistently. They got a lot of big plays from Derrick Henry when he was active. Yeah, from- Who are they going to get that from right now? It is just going to be hard. If And to your point, David Beauclair kind of arrived at, well, I guess we hope that Adrian Peterson is the guy, that he keeps getting better and better and better, and you can give it to him. But – Four-yard carries from Adrian Peterson, while effective, are a difficult way to build and move your offense, right? I mean, because you're going to rely on playing sound, and you, one holding penalty screws that drive. One what turnover what, ruins what was 10 plays of productivity. When you can't make big plays, that's that's you nailed it. One mistake, a sack, seven yards. Then suddenly you're in you're in third and long, and and they haven't protected Tannehill very well in any of those third and obvious passing situations. Yeah, and then you can't run the ball anymore on that drive. And they're really not even attempting long nope. passes. When was the last time you just felt like somebody got behind someone on a nine route, and whether they completed it or not, they at least threw it? I mean, I can't even remember one. Well, this was David Beauclair. Here's a quote. I had to find it on my own Instagram. He said, "The hope is that 36 year old Adrian Peterson." and keep getting a little better, a little more back into rhythm. You're pinning your hopes on that. Now, this guy, he didn't go to training camp anywhere. He had no offseason anywhere because he wasn't on a roster. So if you want to say, okay, game one for him was uh, that was uh, that was the offseason, and then game you know two was training camp, and then game three was the preseason. I mean, th- his development is going to need to be expedited to try to get him up to speed now he's got instincts and 
he's got things that a lot of guys don't have. But he's also 36, and he hasn't played football in a long time. You know, not since, what, the last game of last season until these last three weeks. And if you remember, Alex, it's not like they brought him in and ramped him up for a week. Like, he played the week he got Here you go. Yeah, welcome. Hey, count on your instincts. you're in shape. You know, he said in his press conference, I'm going to have to get things back. He said, my eyes are still good, meaning his vision he can still see. But it feels like they're still trying to sort through who is who. And for now, even Beauclair, and we've talked about this, this guy gets two series and this guy gets two series. And for now, Dontrell Hilliard's going to be the third down guy. You know, maybe none of those guys can tote it 20, 25 times. I, I don't know, but. I'm really just going to call this game a, a, a Vrabel game. He's got to figure out a way to coach these guys up. He's done it a couple times since he's been here. He seems to do really well when the back's against the wall. When you'd say they don't have any best. chance to win this game. It's his best coaching. I, and <laughs> how are they going to win on Sunday? He's going to come up with something that most of us aren't talking about in a way for them to make a couple of plays that will make the difference in the game. And it's going to come down to turnovers. You can't turn it over five times. Yeah. you got no chance if you can't force at least the Patriots to give you one. And don't give them any, right? That's been the difference the last two weeks. The returner for the Saints gives you one. You capitalize. You win the game by that margin. Yeah, one. And we all know what happened in L.A. They ran out on the Rams <laughs> yeah. uh, and kind of did what the Texans did in the second half. Second half, Titans in L.A. Run the ball, play a little bit conservatively. I think the defense will be all right. Lucas is telling us we need to uh, take a quick break. We're going to try to catch Mike Vrabel live to get the latest on. They're literally doing a walkthrough today instead of a practice. They are not practicing. They are only doing a walkthrough. Let's take a quick break. We'll try to come back, find out what Mike Vrabel's got to say on this uh, Patriots week. This is Blaine and Mickey. It's 104.5 The Zone. Special guest Alex Apple filling in for the hitman. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Alex Apple filling in for the hitman. Waiting on Mike Vrabel to uh, start his press conference. Tim says, I'm not sure any running back on Twitter. I'm not sure any running back is going to succeed behind that old line that was on the field Sunday. They were getting blown up nearly every play. Hashtag be better. Tim, we've talked a lot about the offensive line, brother. We have. So we are trying to I was to killing them yesterday, and everybody said it's not the offensive line's fault. There you go, Tim. Uh, Mike Vrabel speaking now. Let's hear from the coach live here on Tuesday. Tradition in history is not going to, you know, win or lose the game for anybody. I think we all know where the banners are, uh, the success that that organization has had over, um, you know, the last 20 years. But I think that uh, what will, you know, win or, or lose the game is is playing sound, fundamental football, taking care of the football, penalties, you know, playing with great technique. That's um, – that's really what they've done. It's been impressive the last five weeks. Mike, what do you think has made Mac Jones such an effective quarterback so early um, in his career? Well, I mean, I think that they, um, you know, he's well coached. I think he's talented. I think he's um, really got a great grasp of their offense. They've been able to run the football, um, playing on short fields lately, you know, not taking a ton of chances. I mean, I think when it's there down the field, he's, you know, been accurate. You know, but they've just been playing very complimentary. Uh, the play-action game uh, set up very well. Uh, protection has been, you know, what you would expect it to be. And, um, you know, I think that that's, that's really what the, what the product is from what I've seen. Can it be harder to get into and stay in a rhythm with running backs in the running game when there's three guys dividing the carries evenly as opposed to one guy having the lion's share? I've never played running back. I don't know. Um, 
you know, all we can do is be ready to go when, when our number's called. Uh, and that, that's the situation that, that we're in. And, you know, I'm sure we could look around the league and, and see the, the teams and, and the different scenarios that, that run the football with, with other guys. I, you know, Tampa Bay ran it for 120. I'm sure that they ran Fournette. I'm sure that they ran Ronald Jones. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can we can block when we call the runs, and that the, whoever the running back is in the game can can execute it and, and make good cuts and, and break a few tackles and take care of the ball. Patriots defense had a bunch of opt outs last year, but they're obviously playing really well at this point. What kind of makes that difficult to game plan for? And what do they do so well? The opt outs. Players that are platform now. Oh, I mean, they're good players. So, um, they're they're very good uh, up front with technique, the technique in which they play. The linebackers are are physical. The guys on the edge, you know, whether that's Judon Van Noy, um, you know, Collins when he was in there, you know, they they ask him to rush, they ask him to to cover and then set the edge. So, um, secondary is is physical. Reroute players, and uh, you know, they're taking advantage of overthrows. They're taking advantage of mistakes by by the opposing offenses. How do you make the timing work this week with the guys in on on game planning day? How do you make the game planning timing work? Uh, today will be first and second down. Uh, tomorrow will be first, second, and third. Friday will be third down and then move the field. What did you guys do all of that? Did you have a long night last night? I mean, I think we kind of knew what the schedule was going to be. Thanksgiving has been on the calendar for a while, so I did my best to to let everybody know what the schedule was going to be, and uh, it's kind of how we went with it. You've seen, I mean, Nick Westbrook came to success grow. I mean, confidence grow, and, and how's the confidence in him kind of grown along the way? Sure. I mean, we've always had confidence in Nick. I think he's, um, you know, developed. I think he, you know, when you catch a lot of footballs, which which he does, and going in towards the middle of the field, that has a, there's a lot of trust there that the quarterback is is going to put the ball where it needs to be, that he's going to catch it, and there's usually going to be contact, you know, after that. So that's something that Nick has has done a nice job with. He, he blocks for us. He plays on special teams. He knows multiple positions. So those those types of players are very valuable uh, to to a team, and um, you know I think. Again, he probably built some of that confidence, Jim, on, on special teams. You know, I can remember, you know, in training camp, uh, doing a competitive period where you know you kind of the whole team's around there, and it's the the gunner versus you know two guys holding right. You remember that, and two guys holding him up, and and Nick, you know, some of you guys are shaking your head that you remember Nick, you know, winning that that rep in front of everybody, and I think that the, that kind of started it. But, but we've mentioned this before, where guys. You know, start to to build some confidence in this league as a young player on on special teams. What can Des do maybe in a week if he knows he's got more of a role as as opposed to stepping in as a in relief? What can Des do? Des can just be ready to to go, be ready, be prepared. You know, for for multiple coverages, be be prepared and practice for for contact uh, down the field. Be ready to to block when he's supposed to block. Uh, same thing we'd ask everybody to be ready to do. Earlier in the season after a game where the offense had a few turnovers, I remember you, you dedicated a period of practice to sort of working through those things and emphasizing that. Do you do anything similar this week? Well, we've, we've always, you know, there will always be, you know, whether we take care of it or not, we're always doing it, you know, every day. Uh, it was the, the additional time 
and uh, you know I'm sure that you know tomorrow we'll have you know some some more time allotted uh, to those things and um, but that's not um, something that we just do as a as a reaction Luke we're doing it every day it was just that 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 particular week we we probably added you know eight to ten more minutes of it which is Hollister's experience factor into into bringing him back and you know, does, does he take much? Does he need much tuning up if he was to be called upon, or you know, how do how do things? Well, go? we've had Cody, you know, with us for a while. We've always liked his versatility, you know, his toughness, his ability to play on special teams, his ability to uh, to learn multiple positions. You know, very similar to Nick in their in their play strength and their size, and um, he, he's always been, you know, watching him uh, compete on the practice squad and in the show team. Excuse me. Um, you know, it just was that he wasn't ready to go up until this point. Dontrell Hilliard, Joey, in the last game to kind of inspire more confidence from you guys in him. Yeah, I, you know, speed and I mean, hit it, hit it uh, the runs he hit with a burst and you know was able to function in there in a very you know uncomfortable setting of you know all of a sudden he's he's learning the third down, he's learning the two minute, and then now you know the second half turns into somewhat of a of a two minute game and. He handled that, and he jumped in there and um, returned kicks for us too. So, um, and we'll keep working with Dontrell. Some of the guys they go to like outside wellness shops or recovery shops. How do you approach that? Like, is that something that you welcome for them to, you know, take that extra effort to, especially in the midst of all the injuries you guys are dealing with? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll say this. I, I'm I'm open. Uh, to to doing whatever is is going to make our players feel better, I really am. I believe uh, I have the utmost confidence in what we're doing here and our staff. Um, I tell that to the players. Um, we ask that um, you know they kind of let us know who who they go to, because <clears throat> if they're that good, then we should hire them. You know we should they should be they should be here helping the rest of them. So um, we we are aware of of all those. Most of them, I would say, um, communication with Todd, uh, myself, Frank, uh, John, but it's real. You know, what I mean, it's just like everybody's got a trainer now. Everybody's got somebody that that tra- yeah, they have all got them, and so you know, it, it's um, it's just kind of part of what the the life of the NFL is with the different seasons and the people that they they feel comfortable with in the off season. Uh, we share with them their right to a second medical opinion. I mean, I've been through all this as a player, so, you know, it's not like it's new uh, for me, but we just ask that there's a line of communication so that if uh, we're doing a treatment, that maybe there's not some sort of treatment that, uh, you know, would, would, would be in, in any way negative, you know, or counterproductive to, to what we were doing. So that's kind of how, how we handle that. That focus on, on recovery, is that something that has really evolved since your days of being in that same position where you need to, you know, do things to be able to get on the field consistently? Well, I mean, I think just technology and, and science has um, changed, you know, so much. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't PRP, you know, injections and things that helped heal muscle or, or any of the other things. So um, that's certainly something that's... That's new. Um, there's a lot of things that have changed since since I played. Do you appreciate you know guys like Ben and, and Roger who are you know probably less than 
you know, obviously less than 100 percent. But there's a lot. <clears throat> there's a lot of those guys, John. So I would hate to to stop the list at at Roger and Ben, but you know, I think that those guys being north of 30 and the position that they play, you know, those are two good guys to start with. But very conscious of of the rest of the guys as well, you know, that that are doing it, uh, and that are far less than 100 percent. Let the old curmudgeons uh, earn a little bit more credit uh, because of their age, like, like you said. Do the old guys get a What's little curmudgeon? Bit... <laughs> yes. That's what me and Koharski are often called curmudgeons. Don't don't reference Koharski. <laughs> That's what is that like old? A grumpy yeah. old man. Yeah, grumpy old man. Well, then yeah, you can say. That. <laughs> um, we're just trying to do whatever we can do to get get these guys ready to go uh, each and every Sunday. Look at the, the how they feel, talk to them, see what the practice schedule should look like, and uh, treatment and, and recovery, you know, lifting, you know, those guys all and, and everybody does it does a great job of, of trying to get get right every week. Your no excuses, next man up kind of approach come from your days in New England and what you kind of learned playing under. There's a lot of things yeah. that that we do that I do on a personal basis, on a coaching basis. Um, you know, how I try to help, you know, Tyler or Carter, you know, I learned a lot, you know, in eight years there, whether that be from from Bill, assistant coaches, uh, Mr. Kraft, uh, the players, you know, learned a lot from the from the players that, that we, um, you know, teammates. So, you know, again, you have good experiences throughout life and you try to take some of those things with you as you as you move on. Mentioned the confidence that Nick gained by playing special team. You've talked about Monty Rice with that too. For someone like Dylan Radins, who isn't going to be, you know, running down covering kicks, I'm curious: is there any kind of equivalent chance to get that confidence, or, or I guess, impress? Yeah, or an improve. You know, and that's, uh, you know, I think Luke. <clears throat> you know, that's that's a great question, and that's something that I've been trying to figure out. Is some of these younger guys up front, you know, on both sides of the ball, is how you can get them to improve, you know, real details only go so far with, with somebody up front. You got to put pads on and you have to go out and, and practice and compete and, um, and, and do those things. And so, you know, we've been trying to add, you know, some periods, you know, maybe on a Thursday based on how guys feel, based on who's available to get some of that speed work in with pads, um, just to sprinkle it in there to give some of those guys uh, opportunities to to improve during practice, especially you know as we move here towards the the, the back part of the season. What is that for a guy like, like Raidens who? You, you said know, this would be quick, Robbie. I thought it would be. I thought we'd cover a lot around We haven't seen you in a long time, you know. Um, a guy like Raidens, who obviously you know was was a standout player in college and so forth, a high draft pick. You know, how much? How difficult maybe is that? Kind of mentally, you know, not to be playing too much in his rookie year, but to, but to stay up and to stay. Well, I'm not going to comment on how difficult it is. I think that would be something that Dylan, um, you know, could best address. Uh, all I know is that there's a willingness to learn. I see him in here a lot. I see him in here often. I see him here working out. I see him in there studying. Um, when he has had the opportunities, I see a see a level of, of effort and finish and competitiveness. Just needs to continue to improve and, you know, and get better. Mike, what's the challenge 11 games in of trying to make those uh, corrections on on mistakes from this last So Mike Vrabel meeting with the media today. They're 
the Titans sent out a release earlier. The hope was he might, and he doesn't normally talk about injuries except on Friday. The hope was that he might mention it uh, today. Obviously, uh, a lot of other things that he talked about with the media assembled there. Uh, the hope was, Alex, he might get into some of these injuries and who did or didn't practice because the media doesn't have access today. They're essentially just doing a walkthrough. So if you wonder about the health of a team, again, if you're just joining us, Mickey Ryan, Alex Apple sitting in for the hitman today. If you wonder how beat up this team is, we got a notice earlier this morning. Today's practice has become a walk three only. No stretch up, no warm, no stretch, which stretch literally is what you think it is. No warm up periods. They're just going to do a walk through. So that tells you how beat up they are. And Mike Rabel played what fourteen years in the league, played for three different teams, and you know as he's pointed out before, Alex, he he was everybody you could be in the league. He was the young guy looking for a place. He was the guy who had his spot on a team and lived his role. Then he was the old guy kind of hanging on later in his time in Kansas City. So I think he understands, being a player, the nature of what it is to just get through a season. They've done this before. Heck, they've done it this year. So um, really curious to see what happens because look back at the inactives last week. They put Bud Dupree on IR so you can scratch him till after the bye. Jack Rabbit, Jeremy McNichols, uh, Greg Mabins, that's two of your cornerbacks. David Long, who they could have really used no chasing kidding. around Terod Taylor early in that game when they lost outside contain. Rashawn Evans, Nate Davis, Jeff Swaim. The hope was maybe he'd get into a little bit about who you might get back there. Well, I think that's what uh, most coaches would describe as a successful press conference. I talked for 15 <laughs> minutes. I said absolutely nothing <laughs> of consequence. Excuse me. Uh, gave no specifics on game plan or individuals, but was able to sound eloquent and, and talked about some other things and, and got out of there. <sighs> he doesn't have to give it till Wednesday. Yeah. I'm not surprised that he didn't give it. But, you know, last year they played the Bills on a Tuesday. Did they even, I don't even think they got a walkthrough in. If they got maybe one day of walkthrough, didn't practice. He has done a pretty decent job of playing the fiddle and pulling the strings of what the team needs. If they don't need to practice to stop whatever is ailing them, stop everybody from getting hurt seemingly on a, on a week and turning up a Wednesday injury report that's got, you know, between 10 and 20 guys on it, by all means. I mean, can, can you fault that? They literally don't have very many guys to even go, right? In a basketball practice, you need 10 guys to practice. You can't practice five on five. I'm not really sure they'd have 22 guys that need the reps that are going to make them better and more prepared compared to a walkthrough in a live portion of practice. I mean, it's possible. I, I'm not out there. but I mean, that's almost where we're at. It's interesting. He t he, Dontrell Hilliard was a guy that Vrabel got asked about, and he mentioned you know him getting more reps and getting more familiar with different things. The one thing about not having a full practice and leaning more on a walkthrough is you're not getting even like a half-speed type rep if you're Hilliard. The other thing I can't help but wonder about is we saw Marcus Johnson pull up in the game and pull up hamstring-wise. You're already down Julio Jones. He's on IR. You're already iffy with A.J. Brown. He left the game. Emory banged up his hand while on the first pass thrown to him. Then later he got walloped over on the sidelines, and that was the last we saw of him. There's a report yesterday from Rap Sheet that you know he had some tests done in preliminary. It was good results, but he was going to have more tests done and then more results, and I haven't seen anything since then. So you've got practice squad receivers. You've got Kenzie, who everybody knows about, the training camp darling. Uh, you've got some of those guys. At this point, you have to make a call outside the building. You know, do you – I mean, do you 
you go check the free agent wire and who's been cut recently, or do you find some dude like, I mean, do you call Golden Tate, who's literally local? I know that's been discussed a lot, but, yeah. you know, is that a guy that you would call? Because he's, he's Might around. be just 30 minutes down the road. He went to high school in Anderson. So I saw a lot of people tweeting out video of him working out yesterday, so he's still out there training like somebody who wants a job. So, you know, do you lean in that direction? I, I don't know, but they are going to have a walkthrough today. They're very beat up. Um, they're going to have to find a way and, and go and beat the Patriots, who are forced to turnovers. What, like 13 in the last five games, I think, is the number. Right. Uh, you got a rookie quarterback who seems to be really, more than anything, here's what I see with Mac Jones. I think he already had confidence. I think his NFL confidence is soaring right now, and a confident quarterback doesn't second-guess a bad play or a throw, doesn't second-guess what he's seeing. And that's the thing. When I watch them play, especially during this streak, he looks like a guy whose confidence is soaring. And on the other side of the ball, Tannehill seems like his confidence may have taken a hit. And I think Josh McDaniels is making it very easy for him. Fortunately for them, they're healthy, right? He's got a lot better weapons than they did last year with Cam Newton. Jacoby Myers is playing well. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, kind of speed types, you know, very pedestrian, middle-of-the-road NFL receivers, but confident, you know, and can make some big plays. And then you've got the two tight ends, yeah. Hunter Henry and John. I mean, John Smith is basically their second-best tight end. He's got 22 catches this year. But but you know how dangerous he can be. You oh, get the ball in his hands, he can turn a three-yard gain into a 10-yard gain like most tight ends can't. Right now, if you throw the ball to Jeff Swain, it's a three-yard gain. <laughs> you threw it, to, it, but you might have thrown it last year, and it becomes a 13-yard gain. You know, that's a big difference athletically-wise. And I'm not, I, I think Jeff Swain's actually done a wonderful job, exceeded expectations, you know, in filled a void that Anthony Ferkser's kind of left open. <sighs> If you're talking about bringing guys off the scrap heap, a Golden Tate, somebody else, I mean, you name it, they're not going to help you much in New England, right? You're not bringing them off to help this week. Even if you signed a guy today, he can get a little bit of the playbook. You're going to run some strategic packages maybe where he's involved if you really feel like you need to utilize him. But other than that, you've got to ride with the guys that you've got. You better hope that A.J. Brown's healthy. And the big question just becomes – so scrap heap guy, and scrap heap has a real negative connotation. I mean, some of these guys are, are still fit to play in the NFL. They just didn't have a role right. uh, at a given team. Are they better than Des Fitzpatrick right now? Des Fitzpatrick seemingly made a couple of mistakes. He did score his first touchdown. He played okay, and give the guy credit for sticking it out in what's been a tough rookie year. Seemingly made a couple of mistakes that led to interceptions last year. If you're throwing out just insert replacement player here, can they run that route and learn the uh, and learn the playbook quick enough to fill a void right there? I mean that that's sort of you're not talking about something that's going to ultimately move the needle all that much. You're talking about being able to play and put something together, like we were talking about. You've got to make a ten play drive because you're lacking your explosive players. Can you count on guys that are out there to do the right thing for ten games, ten plays in a row? The, the answer seemed to really be, uh, I'm not sure, after Sunday. And I think that's the biggest thing. I'm not going to overreact to losing one game to the Texans. They're beat up. They're back. You know, they're banged up. They played bad. But you've got to find a way to pull it together to give yourself a chance. Right? Against New England, how many points are you going to need in this game? Your defense plays well. You probably need to get 24 points to win. How are you going to get 24 points against the number one scoring defense in the league that's averaging 16 points? Yeah, you're giving up 16 a game, and they're, what, number seven or something in scoring offense. You know, they're yeah, playing well. They're, they're figuring a lot of things out. And running uh, the ball well. 
we had this long discussion. Well, let's get into this on the other side of the break. Just about the receivers and some things. Kevin Dyson, Blaine Bishop, and I do the pre and the post game. And there was some talk in the post game about maybe something Dice wasn't seeing with the receivers that maybe you could get from a more experienced guy. We'll get into that and more on the other side. You want to talk about any of this stuff? Uh, hit us up on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. We've got time to uh, take some calls. Also, we'll hit that. We need to do our – we always do game balls on Tuesday. It was a rough game. We still need to award our game balls. We'll do that as well on the other side. We'll give away our game balls. If you want to participate in that, 615-737-1045. It's Blaine and Mickey. Special guest Alex Apple on 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Alex Apple filling in for the hitman. Uh, we'll give our game balls here in just a second. point that I wanted to make was this. We got into this discussion after the game. Some of those interceptions, some of the balls that were thrown, there was discussion about maybe receivers not attacking the ball, maybe not coming back for the ball, maybe not making a, a just a full-on play on the ball, as uh, who's Desmond King um, who was a Titan and is now in the Revenge Texans game of sorts? Where he was, I you know, kind of able to box out Dez on a, a play and take a ball away, that kind of thing. And so when we're talking about if they have to acquire a receiver, a veteran receiver, I, I want somebody who's just a junkyard dog, somebody who'll bite somebody, punch him over a little okay. attitude, a little attitude. So uh, I think a little attitude goes such a long way. I mean, I, I I think it's infectious in the locker room, and I think that is great for young players. Right, the one Desmond uh, King interception, he just beat Des Fitzpatrick back to the ball. That's a one-two thing. I didn't even think Des Fitzpatrick ran a pretty good route. Yeah. So I went back and watched it. He set the guy up. He got a step on him, and then let the ball a little underthrown. Yeah. A perfect throw. He can't do that, but lets the guy come back underneath him. That's a one-two, and that kills you as a coach and as a player. You know, you've got to be accountable to your teammates, too, watching that on tape on Monday. I guarantee you he wishes he had that rep back. Not the end of the world. I mean, not, not you know, not the world's most mistake. We don't need to write the guy off because he had that happen one time. But this is you, man. You are finally getting reps. You've waited 11 weeks for this. Let's rumble. And I think Golden Tate, uh, you, you could throw out a list of 10 names. I could probably, you know, give you my opinion of their attitude on the rest of them. But... Maybe that's what the offense needs. It's a little bit pedestrian right now and moving backward. Well, with a, with A.J. unknown, we don't know anything about him. We know he left the game, and we know that Julio is on IR, and we saw Marcus Johnson pull up lame in the game, literally grabbing his leg and stopping on a play. So you need some experience in that room right now. I mean, you, you need some experience to uh, to maybe get you through a few games here. So we'll keep our eye on what might or might not happen there again? We played a lot of Mike Vrabel earlier, hoping he might mention anything about that just because of the craziness of this week. No no can do from Vrabel, though. Uh, just, a, just a regular press conference. He got in some other stuff. All right, this is the segment each week where we typically do our game balls. Uh, we give away game balls to Titans who we thought played the best on offense, defense, special teams, uh, Lucas Panzika, Alex Apple, Mickey Ryan, getting you through uh, the next hour and change here. 
Time now for game balls. We usually let Lucas go first. He's the youngster. We uh, we let the young whatever. People, we we let the young people go first. Go ahead. I usually end up taking at least one of Blaine's or one of Mickey's. But yes, I'm doing this knowing you're going to steal the thunder on one of my. People. I'll go uh, last. Then. Nick Westbrook Aquina uh, is going to be needed this Sunday against New England. Still don't know, like you said, what AJ Brown's deal will be going in, but they're he limping. Might, he might be number one. Guys, Numero uno. he might be number oh, one wide receiver one. I mean, well, all the talk about him was wide receiver two before the Titans acquired Julio Jones. He might be wide receiver one like he was in New York against the Jets, but over 100 yards and he's gaining on Julio Jones's yard total for the season. Certainly has more touchdowns. Julio doesn't have any, but Nick Westbrook, Akina, Mike Vrabel talked about it. We just heard him in his media availability Been good on special teams, developed some confidence they're going to need him again on Sunday. He's, but I thought he played pretty well. Seven catches, 107 yards, a long of 46, had that one big play down the middle. All right, you going to do all three of yours, or we want to do offense, all of us defense, all of us special teams? Uh, I'll go, I mean, d- defensively, I'll give it to Jeffrey Simmons. He didn't get home once. The Titans didn't have any sacks against te- the Texans on Sunday, but five tackles, a TFL, a pass defended, continuously getting double, triple team, and he was still winning on the line of scrimmage. Really where they struggled was – containing right to rod taylor whenever he'd break the pocket uh but I, I still thought simmons was disruptive and on special teams i'll give it to hilliard you know i know certainly you could give it to him on offense but he had to step in for marcus johnson after leaving with hamstring issues and, and did a pretty nice job returning kickoff you stole one third of my thunder there uh okay, Alex, you go you go next okay oh you're okay I'll, i don't want to steal any more of your thunder uh offense dontrell hilliard first game week action since week eight he played no offense in that game i went back and looked he only played on special teams um he was eight for 47 eight balls he caught eight balls for 47 yards seven for 35 rushing dontrell hilliard on offense uh on defense um I went with uh, Jayon Brown. He had 14 tackles. He didn't have David Long. He didn't have Rashawn Evans. Uh, he had a bunch of more inexperienced guys out there playing alongside him at, at linebacker at times during the game, either a rookie or some journeyman guys. Still led the team by six. He had six clear of anybody else tackles-wise, and the defense did enough to win that game. Uh, special teams, this is where Lucas got my thunder. Dontrell Hilliard. Returned three kicks, about 22 yards per kickoff return. He didn't fumble on a day when everybody else couldn't keep their hands on the ball. And the other thing was, I looked. He had two tackles in the game, which he doesn't play defense, so they both came on special teams. Two special teams tackles, three kick returns. Dontrell Hilliard was the player of the game. It's just a crappy game. He did catch a break, right, fumbling the football into the end zone where yes, Ferkser falls on yes. it. And then he had one drop on a screen pass. But but overall, it was a good day. Should I give my game ball offensively to Anthony Ferkser for finally getting in the end zone? Uh, just, yeah, well, I don't know if you're going to get another chance based on how this season is going. You want to no, give? No, but I was going to mention on special teams, Hilliard having the two tackles. And that's a great way to keep yourself on a roster. That's what Nick Westbrook-Akina does so well. He can yeah. do a little bit of everything for him. I think Vrabel loves him. He makes plays, and he is dependable. He is in the right spot. Um, and that's you've looked at a guy that stuck around and kind of played an outsized role when you look at him physically, and I, he doesn't nothing to write home about with Nick Westbrook-Akina, kind of tall, you know, relatively good speed, but nothing jumping out at you. Yet here he is week after week on the field offensively. Um, Nick Westbrook-Akina was mine because in a game where they lacked dependability, it's what we've spent half the show so far talking about, he brought that. Yeah. They're going to need to continue. God, I mean, man, if he's well, uh, if AJ is nicked up, if he's wide receiver one, if AJ's nicked up, is is Boy. doesn't he have to be? Unless you're going to call it Chester Rogers. I mean, it just uh, depends on how. But he plays the slot. I mean, it's kind of yeah. how you look at it. Oh, it would be West it's NWI. That's why I think they've got to find somebody. 
Lucas, you got your track shoes warmed up. You're stretched out. You don't want me running I'm not fast. I'm not fast enough. You, you really look bad with me out there. Defensively, I'm going to cheat just a little bit. I'm going to go with Shane Bowen. I really like how he settled in to the defensive coordinator position. I think he has relaxed and, and become comfortable with this defense, coaching that, whatever that looks like for him. His communication is streamlined. And the reason I give it to him is just because the defense in a game when they played solid did not create many big plays, right? There wasn't a sack, it wasn't a strip sack, it wasn't an interception that really could turn the game. They only gave up 19 points and 100 and something yards, 190 yards. That's really good against just about any NFL offense. And the best play that they gave up was on a jet sweep, right? The secondary was actually pretty good for lacking a couple of guys. But I think Shane Bowen has come into his own. You hope that he can devise a game plan um, that's able to attack a rookie quarterback, right? Yeah. Great defensive coordinators can do that. We'll see if he can do that. Offensively, ugh, the options are slim. I was going to try to be different than you all. I think a guy that deserves some love because I think his play has beat even some guys that maybe are a little bit more healthy than him and Saffold and Lawan now. I think that they're getting healthier, hopefully. But I'm not seeing a ton of holes being opened up there. I think Ben Jones continues to anchor the line. I'll give it to him um, and give the offensive line some love after killing them yesterday. And quite frankly, they are still, to me, even if you're happy with 25 carries for 103 yards, a unit that almost – you might have Nate Davis back this week. You're at full yeah. strength. You need to be able to assert your will a little bit and run on the Patriots because my guess is if A.J. Brown's out there, they're going to say, you're not you're not throwing it to him. Oh, sure. So how are you going to pick up first downs? Well, at that you're point, you're not, you're not giving extra attention to anybody. Anybody. Uh, Nick in Nashville. Hey, man, we're uh, up against the break. Let's squeeze Nick in right quick. Hey, Nick, thanks for calling. Hey, guys, appreciate you taking my phone call. Yeah. Just real quick, uh, we were talking about – or y'all were talking about receivers. And just out of curiosity, do y'all think Golden Tate uh, as a late-season add-on would be a good move at this point with A.J. Not, – not sure what's going on with A.J. Brown with his chest injury, with Julio kind of in and out of the lineup. Would Golden be a route that this team might take? Yeah. Uh, and I'll hang up and let y'all uh, – Take it from there. And Nick, that's a, a name that, that, guess, that we actually just brought up just because he's local. Uh, multiple people have tweeted out. It's funny, video of him working out in a Lions helmet yesterday. Well, I mean, he played for the Lions a long time, so he probably has his helmet. But there was video of him working out, and Lions fans got all crazy because he was wearing their helmet. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about NWI is the number one receiver right now. If AJ is still nicked up, Julio's on IR, Marcus uh, – who would be three? You have Nick Westbrook, Akina, Chester Rogers, who this weekend? Cody Hollister? Cam Batson's still on IR, right? Cam He's Batson is back. on all-season IR. Cody Hollister. All IR, Let's okay. dip into this on the other side. What does the Titans wide receiver situation look like on Sunday if A.J. Brown can't go? And right now, we don't know. We'll kick that around next. It's Blaine and Mickey with special guest host Alex Apple right here, 104.5 The Zone.